Rainmaker FM. Copyblogger FM is brought to you by the all-new Studio Press Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those of you who are selling physical products, digital downloads, or membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why more than 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. You can check it out by going to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. Well, hello there. It's good to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone. I'm the chief content officer for Rainmaker Digital, and I like to hang out with the folks who do the heavy lifting over on the Copyblogger blog. You can always get additional links and extra resources, as well as the complete show archive, by pointing your browser to copyblogger.fm. So today I thought it would be productive to talk about a problem that I have seen many times, and in fact that I have experienced for myself. So in my own experience when I was a freelance copywriter, and also my experience teaching and watching other writers, other freelancers, and other independent business owners of all kinds. And the problem boils down to this. Oftentimes, they're reasonably comfortable with the idea of, you know, creating like good quality content that will make people like you. Now, they might not know quite how they're going to get it done, but they're comfortable with the idea. They think, yeah, okay, that sounds, that sounds like a cool thing to do. And they're pretty comfortable getting on Facebook, for example, and chatting to people who might be customers. You know, that's, that's comfortable. But when they start thinking about actually selling something, they get cold chills and they back way off. And this kind of leads to a larger observation that one of the biggest points of failure, one of the most common points of failure for freelancers or for other small businesses, especially new small businesses, is not being able to see your way out of your comfort zone. So you do the things you know how to do and you avoid the things you don't know how to do. And that obviously creates problems if one of them is something really important like selling your services. I'm very, very familiar with this myself. I, you know, I've never been what you would call a born salesperson. And selling is one of those things that for so many people, it's way outside their comfort zone. And I think for many people who would like to go solo, who would like to maybe start a side business, you know, a side freelancing business, or who might need to go full-time into freelancing for whatever reason, selling is what keeps them from getting from where they are to where they want to be. And maybe the oddest case is the copywriter who actually is really good at writing sales copy for clients and really not good at writing copy for his own site. And I have seen that, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of times. 
So as I mentioned, I'm not a born salesperson. I'm not one of those people who had the quote-unquote gift of knowing how to sell organically. And so I had to figure this out myself back in the day, and I still have to figure it out. I mean, it still comes up all the time. We have things that we market on Copyblogger, and I have to help figure out how to um, present them in a way that people might want to buy them. And something that I realized way back in the day, and I still think about all the time, and I realized this because people like Brian Clark or Seth Godin helped me understand it, is that selling doesn't actually happen in the way that we kind of think it does. It doesn't happen in that, you know, gifted salesperson who sells ice to Eskimos way. That a lot of what we believe about good selling is not really what you observe when you watch really good salespeople working. Something that has struck me actually is how many excellent salespeople are rather quiet. Uh, They spend a lot of time listening and they spend a lot of time problem solving. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of almost behind the scenes work that happens before we get to the point where we're talking about what we call closing the sale, which is actually getting over that threshold of the buying decision. So if there is something you would like to do, either, you know, start a freelance business, make your freelance business work better, um, do some client work, anything along those lines, and fear of selling has been holding you back or ineffective selling has been holding you back, I just thought I would spend some time today to share a couple of things that I've learned that I've found really useful, and perhaps you'll find them useful as well. So the number one thing, the most important thing, and if you get this right, you can be not too skillful as a salesperson and you'll still do okay, is that you have to offer something people actually want. And that sounds kind of, that sounds kind of snide almost, right? It sounds almost sarcastic. Of course, you have to offer something they want. But this is where most selling goes off the rails. Okay, you can have 150 flavors of ice cream, but if I don't like any of the flavors of ice cream that you have, I'm not going to buy any ice cream, even though I like ice cream. You have to have the kind I want. You have to have what I'm in the mood for. Not necessarily what I need, but you have to have what I want. And I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Glen Gary, Glen Ross. It's a David Mamet script. And there's an amazing scene in that where a, a super you know, almost um, devilishly effective salesperson sells a useless piece of real estate to a prospect, to a mark. And the spell that he weaves is so hypnotic and it's just an amazing mesmerizing scene that really plays into what we think salespeople can do. But I got to tell you in my observation, that is something that happens in the movies and it's something that happens in scripts but it almost never happens in real life where a salesperson can actually create desire for something that that person has no desire in purchasing. Now, of course, an unethical person could lie, right? They could tell you something that was just false about the product. And that's a completely different area. We're not talking about lying. We're not talking about, you know, making things up to make the product look good. But in my experience, really, 
the salesperson who can just shape your desire, you know, any way he wants, that's just not the real world. And it's really not the real world when we're talking about the internet, where as soon as people feel a tiny bit pressured or uncomfortable, they click away and they're gone. So step one of an effective sales process is making sure that you have a connection to people who want the thing you are trying to sell. And that's one of the reasons we talk so much on Copyblogger about building your audience. This is one of the key reasons that an audience is so important because you ask them or you observe them and you find out what they want and then you structure what you have to offer to meet their desires. You cannot bend their desire to match what you have to offer. You have to shape what you offer to match what they desire. That is the the golden secret of selling. If you can do that, then the whole game gets a whole lot easier. So once you have satisfied yourself that what you're offering is in fact something that they want and that they're willing to pay for, because sometimes people want things, but they don't fall into a mental category of things I'm willing to pay for. Once you have that in place, the second step, if you will, the second structural piece that you have to figure out is to understand why people don't buy even though they want something. And this is in the sales world known as understanding objections. So an objection is something like, well, I I don't have the money. And then you have to understand, do they not have the money or do they not have the money for you? Um, Trust. Trust is one of the most important kind of objection beneath the other objections. This wariness. And I believe that the most fundamental reason people don't buy is because they're afraid they're going to feel dumb if they do buy. So they're either going to be afraid the thing isn't going to work or it works for everybody else, but it's not going to work for them because there's something, you know, innately not okay about them. Or that maybe, um, you know, they trusted you and they're going to feel dumb because maybe you're not honest. You know, they have that fear, that wariness. So this is where copywriters talk about something called risk reversal. And honestly, there are, there are hundreds of different ways to reverse risk. You have to understand what the person in front of you is afraid of before you can reverse their risk, right? You have to understand what do they perceive as risky. But this includes things like money-back guarantees for products where that's appropriate. It comes down to things like speaking openly about objections, not just hoping they don't bring it up, but really going right in and being very straightforward. Hey, you know what? A lot of people think that this is too expensive. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that um, what that looks like. Uh, sometimes these can be addressed with things like case studies, where you're showing somebody who is very similar to the person you're tra- you're talking to, and you're demonstrating how another person got benefit from it. That helps people feel more secure. It helps raise their level of trust. And even something as odd as what your site looks like. If your website looks kind of outdated or it looks a little um, fly-by-night, people will get a little nervous, right, about putting a credit card into a box. They'll think, well, maybe this person isn't going to handle my security very carefully and maybe my information is going to get stolen. So all of these fall into the category of risk reversal 
which is just another way to think about increasing trust so they feel safe to make this connection with you. Another element of this, this kind of falls under handling objections, but it's also um, larger than that, is really talking about the benefits of the thing that they're going to be paying for. And there are two kinds of benefits. There are the emotional benefits, and uh, a lot of interesting work has been done in brain science, and it appears that virtually all of the decisions we make we make with emotions first, and then we justify them with all the logical reasons. And very often, that's the way you also construct your sales message. Um, but it's not so much about what's first and what's second, but that you hit both sides. You satisfy the emotional side, but if you only sell with emotion, then you're basically selling on hype. You need to prov provide those logical benefits, to provide the logical reasons why this is a good idea, why this is going to get them closer to their goal or all the way to their goal that they have when they do business with you. So those are the benefits of doing business with you, the reasons why, you know, this thing that they're buying is going to work and how it works and what they get out of it. Benefits are one part of what I call mechanics. And so this is what copywriting books teach. Copywriting books teach mechanics. So it's something as simple as just being very clear about your call to action. And this is something, for example, in a face-to-face -face setting, professional salespeople are really smart about. They have a, a somewhat scripted and, you know, very clear moment when they say, so, you know, can we get this taken care of today? Um, can, I write, can I write this order up for you? That's a call to action. It's a clear statement about what to do next to move the sale forward and move it all the way across the finish line. And there's mechanical things. We talk a lot about them on Copyblogger. We talk a lot about them in all of our paid education and our free content library about the mechanics of moving, you know, along that path from a person who's interested to a person who has purchased. And then finally, you know, an element that is really important in modern selling and in online selling is cultivating an ongoing relationship. So we just don't live anymore in a world where you buy a bunch of traffic, you pitch hard to that traffic, and then they buy or you throw that email address away and you run some more advertising. Advertising is too expensive and online reputations are too interconnected for that to work anymore. It used to work okay. It doesn't work anymore. So any smart marketer, any smart salesperson today knows that even if the answer today is no, you know, tomorrow is a different day. And so they keep the relationship open. They keep the lines of communication open. And when that person has a need for the product, for the service, they remember who you are and they have a good feeling about being with you. You haven't, um, I used to work for a company that would talk about the salespeople mauling the prospect list you know, just plaguing them to try and get them to convert and squeeze out one or two more sales for the month. That's, you know, kind of a desperation move. And what ends up happening is you burn your list. You burn that relationship with the people you're talking to and they don't really want to talk to you anymore. So they just tune you out. And again, this is really, really easy to do in the online world where they just quit opening your emails 
or they, you know, stick them in a folder, or they could even mark you as a spammer if you really, you know, if they really feel disrespected by the way that you're connecting to them. So circling back to that theme of fear of selling, fear of selling, I think, comes from a misunderstanding of what selling is. People who are afraid to sell, I think, believe that sales is all about that moment of the close, all about those, you know, um, things that we see in movies and TV shows about, you know, the used car salesman stereotype. What is it going to take to put you in this car today? All those stereotypes about scripted, aggressive, pushy selling. But that's not what most effective selling actually looks like. So if you want to get good at selling, I would really advise you, look at the structure of paving the path to the sale. Look at what happens before the moment when the offer is made, both in terms of shaping your offer and shaping the relationship, and then study some mechanics just about, you know, what is the best way to present an offer? What is the best way to write a sales page? Beth Hayden had a great article for us last week about writing sales pages. What is the best way to ask somebody if they want to get signed up for your coaching program or buy that ebook? So I do want to let you guys know about one of the most solid, one of the most in-depth resources that we have on the strategy of creating content and putting together content that has a sales goal. And that is our certification program, our program by which solid writers become really smart content strategists. We call it the Certified Content Marketer Program. And we designed this program for writers, for capable writers, people who are professional writers today, or who have a side business uh, writing copy for people and they would like to get more customers. Maybe they'd like to transition from making that a part-time thing to a full-time thing or just find more success with it. So the certification program includes education to make you smarter about exactly what I've been talking about today, how to pave the path to a sale for your own practice, your own copywriting business, and of course also for your clients. Because if you get good at that, there's a lot of people who would like to pay you money to do it for them. And then the other side of that is that we put you on our list of recommended copywriters so that when people come to our business and say, do you know any strong copywriters who, um, you know, understand the copy blogger way of putting content together? We have a list of them. And, you know, I've been talking to those writers and they get a lot of traffic and a lot of very qualified prospects from that list. Because those people are expressly going to that list to find somebody who who will create this kind of copy for them, and they're not looking for the cheapest possible writer. Remember when I talked about it's a lot easier to sell something to somebody who wants to buy it. The people who go to that list are the people who want that kind of very high-level professionalism in their content uh, strategists and content copywriters. If you are a writer and you're interested in the program, and actually, if you want to hire a writer from that page, this is also good for you to know. Certification is not something that happens automatically just because you go through the program. And it's not some kind of a multiple choice quiz that you take. Every writer on that list, a member of our editorial team, has looked closely at their work and made an assessment. 
yes, this person is somebody I would recommend. I would recommend their professional services or no, I couldn't recommend this person. So not everyone in the program passes certification. Uh, Most of the time, if somebody has a good, strong writing voice, you're a good writer, you're a capable writer, you know, you don't make a lot of errors in English and you can express yourself well. Most of the time, if the strategy's not there, we can work together to get you there. And sometimes people wonder why, you know, I make such a point of underlining that every time I talk about the certification program, but it's because it's very important to me that no one buy this program and just think they are paying to be on a list of our recommended writers because it doesn't work that way. So if you want a very high qualified writer and you're not trying to find somebody, you know, working for the, the tiniest possible fee, or if you think that, um, you should be there. You should be on our list of recommended writers and you're willing to put the work in to make that happen. We are going to be opening that program up again very shortly. So what you need to do is to get on the notification list so that you can find out. Of course, it's just a list. We're just going to send you details. Uh, We're not going to, you know, send you crazy spam or anything like that and there's no pressure. And you can find that list by going to copyblogger.com slash certified content marketers. Those have hyphens in between them. You can also just Google copyblogger certified writers, or you can swing over copyblogger.fm and we'll give you a link. And so that gives you the list of copyblogger certified writers and a spot where you can sign up if you would like to be notified when we open the program again. And something very interesting that is sort of a new wrinkle on this course is that we have just entered into a relationship with a digital agency that's going to be doing done-for-you services for Copyblogger customers. I'm hoping that Brian Clark is going to come by the podcast next week and let you know a little bit about that. Uh, One of the things this means for our writers is that we expect to have quite a bit more demand for writing services uh, because we are going to be offering writing services. We're going to be actually helping people write their websites. So that's going to be pretty cool. You know, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like in terms of volume, but we expect it to be pretty robust given how many requests we've had over the years. Can't you please just write my site copy for me and my marketing automation and my emails and all that stuff? So it would be very cool to see you there if it's right for you. This is a program that's only right for a very small sliver of our audience. So, um, you know, if it's not right for you, I totally get that. And that makes perfect sense. And if it is right for you, I hope you'll swing on over and get on the list because it is a tremendously beneficial program for the right people. So that's what I've got for you this week. Thank you so much. If you have ever let a fear of selling or a fear of getting outside your comfort zone stop you, from getting something you wanted in business, I would love to hear about it in the comments. Swing by copyblogger.fm and let me know about it. Um, Who knows, maybe we can even brainstorm a little and get you through it. Thank you so much for your time and attention and we'll catch you next week.